Hey there, and welcome to Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I'm your host, Amanda, and I am so glad that you guys tuned in today. So here's what to expect from this podcast, and I'm going to try to not let the perfectionism slip in here because, hey, I'm ADHD. And that's just it. That's the thing to expect. I am ADHD. I'm an ADHD life coach with ADHD, diagnosed at 28 and now 30 years old, learning still to this day other ways to manage the challenges ADHD brings to my world and to help others better manage those challenges too. My whole world is ADHD. I have a neurodivergent family. I spent eight years working in special education. I am in a relationship with an ADHD partner who has ADHD children. So really, truly, I am ADHD. And I hope that through this podcast, you learn from those experiences and you get some helpful tips and tricks to maybe help you understand, accept, and coordinate the chaos that comes from your ADHD too. Hey, ADHDers. Welcome back to Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I'm your host, Amanda, and this week on the podcast, I wanted to take a minute to talk to you guys about executive dysfunction. I know that I've been going over traits more individually, and I have already talked about impulsivity, which is one of our executive functions, but I kind of realized that, you know what, I should do an overview of what executive functioning is, what executive dysfunction is, and talk about the traits briefly before we do those deep dives. So this is week five, and welcome to the podcast. So what is executive dysfunction? Executive dysfunction is a term used to describe the range of cognitive, behavioral, and emotional difficulties, which often occur as a result of another disorder or a traumatic brain injury. So what are these executive functions? Well, it kind of depends on who you ask. Some professionals think there's about five, but typically when they say five, they've grouped a few together. Some think there's upwards of 20 executive functions. Usually, though, the consensus is around seven to eight. That's a, a pretty general range. And actually, in my upcoming executive dysfunction webinar that I host with Coach Sheila, you can find that information on my website, theadhdlady.org, just a little side note there. In that webinar, we're going to be talking about eight executive functions. So those are the ones that I'm going to go over with you guys quick now. And seriously, if you want to learn more, you want to learn the skills and strategies to better manage these things, that webinar is an excellent, excellent resource for that. So I'm just going to go through the list really quickly of the eight that we'll be diving into, and then I'm going to give you an individual little, hey, here's a very fast explanation of what this thing is and what it affects. All right, so here are the eight. Flexible thinking, working memory, self-monitoring, emotional control or emotional regulation, task initiation, organization, planning slash prioritizing, and impulse control. So what does all that mean? Well, I actually think it might be helpful to quick talk about working memory first. The National Institute of Health defines working memory as the retention of small amounts of information in a readily accessible form. It facilitates planning, comprehension, reasoning, and problem solving. 
And working memory is a really crucial piece in emotional regulation. It's actually a very important executive function for quite a few of our executive functions. A lot of people get attention and working memory confused because attention is the thing that allows information to be taken in, but working memory is the thing that kind of processes it and helps our brain understand and make sense of that information. And when we have difficulty with our working memory, we tend to lose information that needed to go into our long-term memory storage. The good news, though, is that we can rewire our brain, we can do exercises and different things to help improve upon our working memory, and those are some things that we will be going over in the upcoming webinar. All right, so let's move on to a different executive function. Let's talk about flexible thinking. This is when you're able to think about something in a new way. Basically, it's your ability to go with the flow. So this can look like one's ability to compromise, hearing other people's opinions and ideas and actually listening to those things, being able to change your routine if someone cancels plans on you. And this also includes the ability to let go of things that happened in the past. I know. That's a hard one for us ADHDers. We sure do love to ruminate, don't we? Now, those two executive functions take us to our next one, emotional control, or you could call it emotional regulation as well. You may be wondering, what on earth does emotional regulation have to do with working memory? Well, actually, a whole bunch. <laughs> you see, because ADHDers tend to struggle more with working memory, we can easily be overcome by a single emotion, that that emotion can completely overpower our working memory and we forget about everything else around us except for that big emotion, whether it be anger or sadness or honestly, even if we are feeling overcome with joy. Our brain has a very difficult time regulating these things if we can't think about anything but the emotion at hand especially if we are struggling with a negative emotion because then we're getting our nervous system involved and we have the opportunity to fall into fight, flight, or freeze response based on the emotion and how our body perceives the thing that triggered that emotion. If our body perceives it as a threat, it will react in one of those three ways. For some of us, something as simple as cleaning our room might be perceived by our body and mind as a threat. Yeah, I know that might sound silly, but think about it. I'll share a personal experience here. I love my parents dearly, but my dad, as an ADHDer, creates chaos himself in his living spaces. What he does not like, though, is when other people's spaces are chaotic. So when my room became the chaotic disaster that an ADHDer's room can become very easily, he was not a fan of what that looked like. And his emotional dysregulation would turn into yelling at me and potentially grounding me for my room not being in the condition that it was expected to be in in the household. So my brain equated messy room with being yelled at. Messy room meant no plans with friends. Messy room meant bad things for me. So even when I grew up and was in my own household, messy room still meant those things to my nervous system. 
So oftentimes, instead of getting up and cleaning my room to prevent that threat from happening, even though I was a grown woman and no one was going to be able to dictate that, I would freeze instead. Messy room meant freeze. My brain didn't decide, ooh, let's clean it up and eliminate the threat. No, my nervous system decided freezing is safer. Freezing means that we're going to feel less bad stuff. And it became very easy for my brain to become flooded with the emotions associated with all of this, further perpetuating the freeze and overwhelm. My brain also became very inflexible with this thought process. Mess meant threat and nothing else. It's taken me a lot to overcome that connection, but I have, thankfully. But this is the circumstance for a lot of ADHDers. Because of the executive dysfunction struggle, many of us had spaces like that, and therefore were yelled at or got in trouble by our caretakers. It's something a lot of parents do. And most are coming from a good place. They want you to feel good in your space, and they know that clean means you will feel good, which is true for ADHDers as well. But unfortunately for most of us, the act of cleaning itself does not feel good. Luckily, there are strategies to help us with regulating our emotions and with regulating our nervous system as well. The nervous system side is a whole different podcast episode that I have planned for you guys. So let's just get back to the executive functions. Next, we're going to talk about self-monitoring. This is being able to notice and adjust your own behaviors. And this is a really important skill to be able to adapt easily in social settings. The ability to see how your behavior is affecting your surroundings and adapt accordingly can really help with improving not only your friendships, but also professional relationships. Okay, the next executive function is probably the one that most people think of when they think executive dysfunction. Yep, I'm talking about task initiation. Task initiation is the ability to start tasks through self-motivation and also to be able to be persistent in working towards the completion of the task. And spoiler alert, task initiation works really closely with organizing, planning, and prioritizing. And organizing is not just about, ooh, do I have cute storage in my house? Because let me tell you, unfortunately, cute storage is not always the best solution for organizing with an ADHD brain. There are luckily some cute workarounds. I love me some clear containers. But overall, organizing your home and space in an ADHD-friendly way, it needs to be functional over aesthetically pleasing. That's crucial. But organizing works really closely with that planning and prioritizing because we need to be able to not only organize our space, but also organize our schedules, both professionally and personally. And to do that, we need to be able to plan and prioritize. Planning is thinking of the steps needed to complete a task or goal, where prioritizing is choosing the right steps to take and the necessary order for taking those steps. And unfortunately, if you struggle with task initiation, then it really doesn't matter how much you've planned and prioritized. You can have the world's best to-do list, but if you can't do the thing, you will just sit there emotionally dysregulated and completely overwhelmed. Are you noticing a trend here? 
you know, how all of these executive functions kind of work together. Blows your mind a little, right? All right, the last executive function is impulse control. And impulse control goes way beyond just the image of the little boy teasing and poking and prodding at his friend. Impulse control can look like impulsive spending, interrupting conversations, blurting out answers before a question is finished, engaging in risky behaviors, trouble waiting in line or just waiting at all, constantly being distracted, sometimes saying things we regret, and it can also result in us being really unkind in our reactions and actions. So at this point in the podcast, you're probably thinking to yourself, okay, yeah, I struggle with that, and I struggle with that, and I struggle with that. And you're not alone in that. I've had those struggles too. I still do have to fight to overcome the challenges that come with executive dysfunction. Just because I'm an ADHD coach does not mean that my ADHD is magically cured because I know the skills and strategies. I still have bad days. I still have to fight my brain. I've rewired a lot of it. Thank you, neuroplasticity. But I still have to talk my brain into doing the dishes. I still need something exciting and engaging to be able to participate in a task that I really don't care about, like folding and putting away laundry. Yeah, I need the office playing in the background if I'm going to do that. I still have impulsive shopping habits from time to time, especially with coaching-related materials, because my brain is like, ooh, this is something that could help your clients. You should buy it. It will be helpful. Just do it. Just put it in the cart. Come on. It's going to help so many people if you read this book. And then it goes in the cart. On good days, it stays in the cart. On other days, I get a heavy box from Amazon with three new books in it. It's the nature of the beast. But if at least 50% of the time I can overcome the executive dysfunction, those skills and strategies that I have learned are worth it because executive dysfunction has ruined pieces of my life. It has put me into bouts of depression, bouts that took a lot to dig myself out of. Executive dysfunction has ruined relationships. It has created low self-esteem and the loads and loads of shame and guilt that I have also had to work through. I'm proud to say that I overcame those challenges, but again, that does not mean that I don't have to remind myself and reparent myself when the negative self-talk tries to slip back in. Because it does. So, if you are looking to learn how to better manage your executive dysfunction, you have a few options here. Of course, there are lots of excellent resources available out there. There are books specifically for strategies on handling executive dysfunction. There are articles, there are YouTube videos, there are TikToks. But then you also have the ADHD coaches like me. And at this present moment, since I just went full time with my coaching, I do have available one-on-one positions and I do have positions in my small group coaching. If you're listening to this in the future and those positions aren't necessarily available, I do offer lots of other groups and classes, which I am very excited for the rollout that I have planned in the fall. So we've gone over the basics of what each of these executive functions are and what we're going to touch upon in the webinar. 
we've gone over that, you know, there are resources out there. There is help and support like a coach like me. And it doesn't even have to be me. It's about finding the right fit for your needs. That's what a good coach cares about. I don't care about having customers on the books for the money of it. Yes, we need money that helps. But I care about the difference I make in my clients' lives and the way that I'm able to connect because I understand. So at this point in the podcast, I'd like to talk about executive dysfunction and how it has affected me in the past. The scenarios that have tied into each of these functions that have shaped who I am as a person today. Working memory has been a struggle as long as I can remember. But um, okay, maybe I should find real sound effects. Sorry for subjecting you guys to that. One of the biggest places that working memory has affected my life was once I became an adult and had financial responsibilities, paying bills and remembering to pay those things on time was a nightmare. It was absolutely horrific. The amount of fees that I have racked up since I had any kind of finances to manage is astronomical. And that was my poor working memory. It was knowing, hey, I had to pay this thing one day and then telling myself, oh yeah, you'll remember, Amanda. You'll remember. And then I didn't. I know. Shocker. And see, I laugh at myself now. Not because I don't see the seriousness of it. Because I do. My credit score sees the seriousness of it. My wallet and savings have seen the seriousness of it. The emotional distress and anxiety that I have endured because of it sees the seriousness. But I have to joke because it's one of the ways that I cope. And I manage things so much better now. But I still make mistakes. I'm human. And an ADHD human to boot. But I also recognize and accept this part about myself. And while I have built up my working memory with different exercises... It really has improved tremendously. I still know myself and know that if my mom wants me to come over and do something or be involved in some event, if she tells me when I don't have my paper planner handy, I'm not going to remember it. And I've made that very clear to her and all of the other people in my life. You want me to remember, you want me to know what we're doing, it needs to go in my planner. And that is not me pushing planners on you guys. I know how difficult it is for ADHDers to find a planner that functions for them. I'm very lucky that I have. Because planning and organizing is another struggle that I've had. I've always enjoyed planning events, but the follow-through side of organizing and prioritizing different things... Yeah, if there was no real consequence, it, it didn't happen. So this one is a tale of avoidance. I was once part of my community's Parks and Rec program. You see, I identify with Leslie Nope as a spirit animal. But the time that I joined in on this program, I was not my Leslie Nope self. If you listen to my hyperactivity episode from last week, you'll know what I mean. I joined this program during the phase of my life where I basically lived in freeze and overwhelm. But I finally convinced this committee to do a different event. One that we had never done before. Because this committee did one thing. They had one event that they did every year. That was it. And now see, my ADHD self, I was an idea person. I came in with my Leslie Nope list of things that we could do, including a harvest festival. That was not the new idea they latched onto. 
but they were willing to do a Dogs in the Park day. We picked a date and everything. And it was my responsibility to start looking for some vendors. Really, there was only one other person who was interested in doing this project with me. So a lot of work went into it. A lot of work that became incredibly overwhelming, especially given the lack of support in my home life. So you want to guess what happened? If you guessed that I didn't find any vendors and completely avoided going back to those meetings ever again, uh, you'd be right. Yeah, the planning and organizing became so overwhelming that I completely avoided seeing anyone in that committee ever again. One of them was my neighbor. It was pretty difficult to avoid him, but I did my darndest because I couldn't ask for help. I couldn't tell this committee that I had failed in my pursuit of vendors. No, I just, I just avoided. I was so paralyzed by the fear of failure and asking for assistance that I did absolutely nothing. And I do still wonder whatever became of that committee. They still host that one other day, but have added nothing else onto the list since then. I had big ideas. I just had no follow through. And that's why I'm so proud of this podcast, because each episode is a step in the right direction for me. Each episode, I recover more from my perfectionism. Each episode, I fight hard to drop my fear, to drop my shame, and show up authentically for you guys. Ooh, and the flexible thinking required for me to film this. Record. I am trying not to be too rigid with what I'm going to do each week. I am making that a goal. Because I am that person who needs a plan. And part of that is a comfort thing for me. I am trying to get better every day about going with the flow. But I am not a spontaneous person. Impulsive? Sure. Spontaneous? Eh, not so much. Unless it's something creative. And I'm not going to waste a whole bunch of time in this podcast talking about impulse control because I literally have an entire podcast episode already out for you guys on that. So let's see, what other executive functions can I chat about? Where else has executive dysfunction hit my life? It's definitely affected my relationships. I have failed to text so many people back. I'm much better at now just owning up to it. But again, that was another place that avoidance was my main go-to resolution. That lost me a few friendships. And sadly, I know how relatable that is for so many other ADHDers. Social relationships are hard enough for us to maintain, let alone having to remember that, hey, this person exists. Because our object permanence works with people, too. And that will be a future podcast episode all about object permanence. But my self-monitoring is another thing that hasn't always been great. Because of my impulsivity, interrupting in a lot of conversations... And lacking that self-monitoring ability, there were a lot of times where I didn't realize the impact I was having on my peers, that I didn't see the people who were getting frustrated and annoyed with me, especially in high school. And it's funny because I recognized it after the fact, especially as I began to grow more in adulthood. And there's a lot of people in high school who I wish would meet me today just to see how much I've grown as a person. But at the same time, part of finding my authentic self is accepting that that was part of who I was. And those moments built who I am. Those moments resulted in lots of really harsh bullying. Lots of nights spent crying myself to sleep. Not knowing why. Why it was so hard to maintain friendships. Why nobody liked me. 
what was I doing wrong? That shit hurt. But I've learned from it, and I've grown from it, and I am a stronger person for it. And I can't go back and wave a magic wand and make it not happen. And so I will just do my best to live in the moments that I'm in now. To stay grounded in the present. To stay optimistic about my future. I'm building something very special right now. And I am so grateful that you all are here along the way. The experiences of my past were hard, but they've made me a pretty great person. And that's not being cocky. That's self-love and acceptance. And that place has taken a lot of hard work, but I am so proud of myself for getting here. And I will only continue to grow, as will my brain and my executive functions. I know I didn't dive super deep into all of them, but I'm at about the time where I can kind of sense I've been rambling on long enough. Thank you for those of you that have stuck around to the end of this episode. Next week, we will go back into diving in on individual traits of ADHD. We're going to look more at inattentive traits next week. But don't forget to check out that executive functioning webinar. The Fidgeteers can be found on Facebook. And the links are also on my website, theadhdlady.org. Thanks again for joining in today, guys. I'm the ADHD Lady Amanda, signing off of Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I'll see you guys next week.